Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, from the very lowest, from the bottom of the rung to the top of the rung, it is the one crime that every single person involved in drug dealing, I mean, even hands off, you don't touch the drugs, you're not involved in the transport, you've been a long time since you've had anything to do with any of that. You're still spending the money. And, you know, in the end of the day, it's back to the very early days, Al Capone and all the rest of it. It is the most effective way, really, of policing crime. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Almost 100 years ago, a team of untouchables brought down Al Capone after following a trail of money that led right to the top of his crime empire. But today, modern investigators are finding that the same techniques and proven investigative skills are as relevant now as back in the days of prohibition. From top-tier criminals to their gangsters' malls, countless drug dealers and traffickers are finding themselves in the dock for money laundering, and the recent conviction and sentencing of Deirdre Brady, a strange wife of Mr Nobody, Declan Brady, has proved that the women are no longer going to be left alone. Today, I'm talking with journalist Eamon Dillon about the increased appetite for money laundering charges, about the top-tier criminals being brought down by the one thing they can't keep their hands off, and how money, the very fuel of criminal enterprise, is now being turned on those whose insatiable greed will undoubtedly be their undoing. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. You would wonder how Deirdre Brady is getting on in prison. She's not your typical gangster's mall. She's not the typical kind of a, a female that you see serving time behind bars, but she has 
fallen foul, I think, to what is a crackdown on money laundering and all those who facilitate it. Yes, I mean, she certainly we didn't find any of her uh, uh, bikini shots on social media like you would have in some of our, 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 our other gangster models over the years who have, you know, really helped um, make it easy for us, I suppose, to, to get a good story out of it. I mean, like she, she seemed to be very kind of under the under the radar. I mean, even even like when she was done originally in the special criminal court, like, you know, there was no Gucci handbags or anything like that. But, you know, she was living, you know, on the pig's back in a nice home and drove a nice car. But there wasn't any of that kind of, you know, real overt show of tacky wealth. You know, it was all very much um, we're successful business people with a haulage company and a little sideline in fancy castles. And, you know, there was nothing there was there was there was certainly none of none of the the, the bling that you know we, we love to associate with uh, you know the gangs that uh, there was nothing like that you know it was very much a, an ordinary sort of middle class person so i mean yeah she's definitely not what you'd expect and you know i wonder how she is getting on like i'm sure she'll find it pretty tough i think we even saw that with her husband declan brady you were in court when he was sentenced and i mean you i mean you wrote about how he was he he looked like he was in tears and totally shocked at you know, his entire world had fallen apart. Totally. I mean, look, um, you know, Mrs. Mrs. B, Mrs. Brady, they were uh, separated, of course, and he did have a younger girlfriend who got a three year suspended sentence for money laundering, which I'm sure is highly irritating if you are Deirdre Brady, the wife um, who had looked on at the husband having a, a great time and all the rest of it. And then. She, of course, got a suspended sentence and it was appealed. And on appeal, she was given one year. Now, scratch the surface a little bit. And while she may look have looked very middle class and ordinary, there was a bit of a spend in the background. There was a family wedding and there was 70,000 spent on the bar bill uh, for, I think it was their daughter got married. She was dropped to the front yard of a guard station when she was handing herself over to uh, the prison in the back of a Jaguar with blacked out windows. So, um, but she's she's kind of one of the, she's 55, 56 thereabouts now. And she's kind of one of the first wives that I can think of that has been banged up for enjoying the proceeds of crime because there's always a, a sense from the wives, the malls, the girlfriends that they are innocent to what's going on. They don't really understand that there's any criminality and um, that, they believed that their husbands, of course, are involved in just, you know, the car industry, logistics of some sort, or as with Declan Brady, that he made his first fortune renting out bouncy castles to communicants. Um, but she did, I know just from talking to people out there, that her jailing kind of sent a bit of a chill amongst the other women, because the women have been untouchable. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there that you, the women were let off to some extent that you've you've nothing to do with it, um, uh, but like, uh, and that was a point that her senior counsel tried to make in court uh, when the DPP went back to have her, you know, her her suspended sentence overturned and to have a, some jail time imposed. And it was very much, I think the phrase was used as a gross departure from the norm uh, to show that, you know, that somebody needed to be uh, put into custody in her case. But uh, the judges took the view. I think there was remarks like, uh, did she think this money was coming from heaven or from a fairy godmother? And where did she think this manna from heaven was coming from? I mean, it's 
the judges are kind of applying just the, the rule of common sense there that, you know, you can't, you know, in, in all honesty, really believe that this sort of, you know, bags of cash coming in the door, it, there's something wrong going on. I mean, anybody who's any kind of common sense will know that if somebody is, is coming home with 80 grand or 50 grand, you know, in, in, a, in a bag, there's something wrong. Like, you know, it, it's at the very, at the very least, it's, it's tax avoidance. And at the very worst, it's, it's Kinahin cartel cash money, which it was in this case. And also, like, she was living in an extremely nice property. I think she has retained that. Um, he had a number of properties, including one that he had his, uh, his younger girlfriend holed up in. Then there was this absolutely extraordinary uh, holiday home in Mallorca, which was beside Bomber Cavanaugh's. They had two or three, the, the, the Cavanaugh network, because, of course, Declan Brady was Bomber Cavanaugh's Mr. Nobody. He's a 57-year-old, now 58-year-old, who was almost unknown until he showed up in the background of David Byrne's funeral, not wearing the uniform of the Kinahan cartel and neatly tucked in so as he wouldn't necessarily be picked up by the cameras. But in the January of 2017, when premises in um, in Rathcool were raided, Bomber Kavanagh's weapons factory was discovered and Declan Brady was running that for him. Uh, on the auspices of it being his transport company. He was deeply embedded for years in the Kavanaugh network. He was originally from Drimna and both himself and his brother knew Kavanaugh when they were growing up. Um, and this holiday home in Majorca, I can tell you, it's in one of the most exclusive resorts. Um, it's currently, well, certainly Kavanaugh's home is the subject of a proceeds of crime investigation in the UK because when he was jailed, was that just last year? I think it was just last year that I was over for that. That was in London as well. And one of the Crown Courts in London, Bomber Kavanagh and uh, Gary Vickery and another co-accused were all given very hefty 20 year sentences. And what happens in the UK when you are convicted of a crime and automatically a proceeds of crime investigation kicks in and all your assets are identified. Now, you are expected to hand up a list of them to the court because actually after Kavanaugh was sentenced, the judge said to them, right, you'll be back and we want your full list of assets here by May. Um, and what happens is that they come up with an amount that they want, say, for example, 10 million. You owe 10 million for your earnings and the proceeds of crime. And if they don't pay that money into the exchequer in the UK, they'll get an extra few years lobbed onto their sentence. I think here we have a probably... A better way of doing it in that money laundering is investigated of people who don't have criminal convictions. It's one of those, you know, it's 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 been very heavily used at the moment. In actual fact, some of the people we're going to come on to talk about, um, you know, money laundering in some of the cases would be sort of a smaller crime considering their bigger career. Yeah, I mean, and it covers so many different things. Like, I mean, like... It's a very broad. I had a quick look at some of the, the 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 actual legislation before we decided we were going to talk about this, and and it's a real, it's a real wide definition. So that if if you make any attempt or uh, to try and conceal the origins of money, or you know somehow disguise that you know some work carried out in your home, whether it's it's big new gates or a swimming pool out the back or an equestrian, you know exercise ring or whatever it is. That uh, if your if your second cousin's uh, compensation claim was used to to pay for this uh, because he really likes you and horses, that's no longer going to be acceptable. Like if you're in control of that asset and 150 grand has been used to spend it um, or to build it, 
you, you've got to account for that. You have to account for it, not the state. And, and, you're, and you're basically going to be charged with money laundering offences because mm. you've knowingly or recklessly allowed proceeds of crime to be used in this way. And like, I mean, we even had, I think the, the recent one, I think a good example of it is, is the weak uh, Graham Whelan, who we know is a, a, long, a, a long-term uh, gangster, close pal of, of the Burns. He was part of the Burn organised crime gang. He was, he was the, as a, a teenager, involved in that huge drug seizure in the Holiday Inn that led to the, the whole fallout, you know, between the, the, the brutal feuding that went on between the Radigan faction and Fat Freddy Thompson's that saw, you know, again, it was, it was well over, I think, 15, 16, 17 deaths o- over the years. It's a pretty nasty one. So, I mean, basically, he was living up uh, uh, one weekend in the Intercontinental in, in Balls Bridge, spent something like two and a half thousand euro over three nights. Um, uh, he was enjoying the booze and some drugs at the time. For whatever reason, we can only presume that uh, he might have upset some of the other guests at some point with some raucous behavior or something like that. Or, or maybe he he wasn't sharing his, his cocaine with the the nice middle-class people who might have been staying there as well. For whatever reason, anyway, the guards are called. Um, and he was also wearing a 28 grand designer watch. So all this was taken off him. How did you pay for the room? How did you pay for the watch? Can't explain. Okay, uh, you charged with money laundering. He got 18 months. Because of his background, we know he's involved in crime. He is a serious criminal. He doesn't have you know, a legitimate reason to be able to spend 2,500 in cash on three nights in a top-class hotel, presumably running up other other bills as well. Uh, where, where are you going to get 28 grand from, you know, to wear a watch? And even if you, you know, if you didn't, would you be wearing a watch that costs that much? You'd be keeping it, you know, hidden away in a, in a, in a safe. But no, he was out flashing the cash, which is, again, you know, uh, unlike unlike Mrs. B, he was he was going for the bling and going for it big time, and it landed him eighteen months. I mean, if he'd gone down to a nice B and B and I don't know somewhere in County Offaly with a few with a bag of cans and just wore a, a forty euro, you know, plastic sports watch like I have, he'd have been grand. There wouldn't have been a bother on him. The guards would be able to come in and tell him to, tell tell him tell him to quieten it down. There's a lesson yeah. there for him now, isn't there, Evan? <laughs> But more recently, I mean, the sentences can be much longer than that, of course. There was a, a guy jailed there in the past month. For seven years, he was found with 500,000 worth of drugs and 40,000 sterling in laundered money, um, which was in the boot of his car. A guy called Roy Riley of Sherrod Court in Dublin won. And the he pleaded guilty to, this, to these offences, to possessing the money as the proceeds of crime. And he, look, he further admitted possessing the heroin, cocaine and cannabis. You find in a lot of these investigations that when there's a raid or a search on somebody and they're caught with the money, there is also drugs there as well. They're holding both. Interestingly enough, um, in, in, in that case, it was said that he had been, um, he, had, he was a man who'd separated and he was living homeless mm-hmm. and had taken on this sort of role uh, for drug gangs, always gangs will be looking for the vulnerable and looking for people in in bad situations to uh, take on um, those kind of mid, mid-ranking roles. Now, in Limerick, in recent times, the Gardaí have been issuing warnings to third-level students about becoming money mules. And this money mules thing has been something that Europol as a whole has cracked down on. There's been more than 3,000 arrests of, of young people who have been allowing their bank accounts u- be used for the transfer of stolen or illegal money. Now, some of them will say that's happening innocently, but other than, again, it's the temptation of a quick book. Yeah, I mean, some of this stuff is it's, it's organised crime, exploiting young people, allowing them to use their, 
bank accounts so that they can transfer cash, say from, you know, they've done invoice intercepts or whatever, you know, where they, they fool a company into thinking that they're the people that they're supposed to have sent money to. They've been, you know, reading their emails for months on end. And then when, a, you know, a payment for a property finally comes through at the last minute, there's a change of bank details. And it's one of these poor students that the money goes to. And they're pretty much driven driven around uh, some place to take money out of the ATM as much as they can. And they're the ones left carrying the can. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's a it's a very easily followed electronic trail. So, you know, once somebody knows it's missing, the bank account can be frozen. A lot of the time, that's a, that's what's happened. And, I mean, the, 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 the Garda National, the Economic Crime Unit, signaled this, I think, three, four years ago, if, if, if maybe more recently, that they were going after a lot of people. I know our, our colleague Ken Foy has done stuff then recently about the Black Axe gang. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, they're, they're Nigerian-based uh, gang who've been absolutely specialists in this. And and there's so many different frauds they do, like, you know, the the, the Cupid fraud where, you know, they, they chat up people, they meet online and come up with a story about you need to send money to me because, you know, my... I have to get my father out of, you know, he's in, he needs bail money to get him out of jail in Libya and or whatever it is. And it, there's all these, these crazy stories. Then you have the more sophisticated, sophisticated guys involved in serious cyber crime who are using, uh, you know, clones, um, uh, credit cards. Or again, you have people doing uh, kind of invoice interceptions, you know, where they've, they've been sitting on a company for months and months. And all of this needs somewhere. Uh, you, you need uh, these kind of ants to have these bank accounts that they can transfer various amounts, try and make it as difficult as possible for police to follow that if you transfer money through four or five jurisdictions, they're banking that, you know, at least one jurisdiction is going to be a bit slow getting a move on and they get most of the money out and certainly stop any follow up. But I think, you know, certainly uh, internationally, there's been a recognition that this has been the problem and they've, they've, they've really boosted um, cooperation. And we've seen that. And that's why there's been so many of these kind of low level uh, money laundering. They're basically they're, they're known as money mules. They're, you know, they're promised 100 euro or 500 mm-hmm. euro. And some of them, I'd say, go in with their eyes open. Some are genuinely, you know, just they were suckered into it for whatever reason. Some, you know, in some cases, it's, you know, just I thought I was doing a favor for a friend whose bank account was blocked for some reason, you know, and they, people come up with all these crazy stories as to why they, they decided to help it. And they're not necessarily greedy and they're definitely not the people who benefit out of it. But again, it's a it's a really it's a highly organized and and, and labor intensive as well. I mean, there's a lot of these recruiters going around looking for people to use their bank accounts. So presumably they're working on a commission basis that for every bank account that gets used, they get a share of percentage as well. And likely targeting college campuses where you'll get a large amount of young people who are all pretty broke. And if my memories of college were anything to go by. But I suppose there, um, you know, I would think that the majority of people tempted with that, that a warning, you know, an official warning about it would be enough probably to frighten them away. They're not natural criminals. They're not people who are in any way sort of heading for a career in criminality. And, uh, you know, maybe a warning that, look, you're going to end up in jail if you do this would, would, will be enough. But the, the bigger guys, I mean, going back to Whelan and the idea that he had this watch on his arm, it seems to me that pretty much anybody involved in organised crime could get done for money laundering, unless you literally didn't spend a bloody penny of it. Of course, we were only talking recently about Jared Macken, an extremely dangerous criminal um, with links to the new INLA and um, an enforcer for hire, a hitman for hire. And he's waiting sentencing at the moment for uh, money laundering 
he pleaded guilty to money laundering offences in relation to four grand, which would be a drop in the ocean for these people. And yet he was extradited from Spain uh, in relation to it and will be more than likely getting a prison sentence. So it's a very useful piece of legislation and, and an investigative tool for Gardaí to use to get somebody even locked up and just off the streets for a period of time. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge disruption to have, you know, people like um, the Whig, Graham Whelan and Jared Mackin off the streets, even if it is only for 12 months at a time or, or two years, whatever they get. Uh, it, it, you know, and, and even then the idea that there's no real way that they can enjoy their ill-gotten gains in this country. So they're going to have to spend their money in jurisdictions where they mightn't feel you know, they have the same level of connection and they're going to be more vulnerable to other criminal gangs who are, you know, probably, you know, better rooted in, in those areas, whether it's Spain or North Africa or Turkey or wherever they go. Like they're going to be out in the cold a little bit. So, you know, they won't have whatever protection they have or confidence that they might have here. So, yeah, it's, 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 it makes it really difficult. And so uh, this idea that, that they can somehow squirrel their, their money away by putting it into other goods, whether, you know, whether it's going to be gold or property or horses or whatever it is or cars and that at some point then they'll be able to you know convert this back into cash that's not working either because you know it's it's they go all the way back now to like well where, when did you get the horse how did you afford the horse how did this person afford the horse you know it's clearly you gave him drug cash to buy it and sell it to someone else and and they sold it back to someone else who then gives it to you because they lost a, a game of cards or because they like you or you bought it for you you bought a twenty thousand euro horse for for 20 quid or whatever. I mean, you know, on, on in, in the old days, you know, that might have worked. You know, when John Gilligan was putting all the bets on in one bookie bookie shop all the time on every horse, like it was a crude money laundering, but it worked at the time because it predated the legislation. That wouldn't work now. It just wouldn't work. It would just be, you know, well, in fact, it would work against them because they'd probably have CCTV of him walking in with 20 grand of cash every day, putting on various silly bets on horses, knowing that, you know, he's going to lose He's going to lose twenty percent, but he's going to come out at the end of the day with a uh, with eighty percent of his money in a check from from that bookie shop. Whereas that doesn't work now because they, where did you get the money for the original bet? So that's that's the difference. Like I mean, it's 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 very you have to be so far far more sophisticated now to disguise your money. It really has to be mixed up with so much legitimate funding that um, it's almost impossible for investigators to find out. Um, and I don't know if you've watched the Ozarks, <laughs> but, uh, you know, where you had Marty Bird running as this giant um, casino business trying to hide, you know, Mexican cartel money. Um, but you're talking about, you know, I mean, it's fiction, but in, like in, in reality, that's what you're going to need. You're going to need kind of pretty high end creative accountancy to, to get you where you need to be. And, and even if it's even if it's only 20 grand, like let alone two million, how are you going to hide that? Two million a month when you think about the kind of the highest end of it all. And of course, that's really where Christy Kinahan Sr. is facing his biggest problems, I think, um, at the moment is in the money laundering sphere. And the idea that um, the Kinahan organized, tra sorry, the Kinahan trans global organized, <laughs> sorry, how many words is there there? The Kinahan know, cartel. We'll cartel, stick with that, it's right? nice and easy. Spell it with Our, a K as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But the, the, the idea that they are worth, according to the Americans, a billion. They didn't tell us how many billions, but certainly billions. Um, and Johnny Morrissey, of course, their their money man in Spain is um, he is currently behind bars facing charges relating to 
massive money laundering through Nero Vodka. Um, and, you know, he's sitting there. Questions always remain. Is he going to cooperate to try and save his own skin a little bit? He's a guy in his 60s now or what's going to happen? But, you know, from the very lowest, from the bottom of the rung to the top of the rung, it is the one crime that every single person involved in drug dealing, I mean, even hands off, you don't touch the drugs, you're not involved in the transport, you've been a long time since you've had anything to do with any of that, you're still spending the money. And, you know, in the end of the day, it's back to the very early days, with Al Capone and all the rest of it. It is the most effective way, really, of policing crime. Yeah, it's, and, and, and they need that money, they need that cash, you know. Uh, I mean, I... I we don't know uh, like how much money are, are all these Kinahan operatives who are now inside. I mean, you, you, again, you've written about how much money some of these people are getting paid. And, and very much the, the tacit agreement is there. Your family's being looked after, you know, so long as you keep your, your mouth shut. I mean, we saw that with Barry Fowler. Um, well, he was inside. His, his wife then, who was also done for money laundering as a result of 100, 100 grand that, as far as she was concerned, that, you know, just came through the letterbox in an envelope. Uh, but that was very much, that was part and parcel of the whole deal with 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 the cartel is that you you know you get paid even when you're inside um that you're still working for them and you're going mm-hmm. to be working for them when you come out your your wages are, you know it's it's part of it's part of the deal so i mean if they're not getting that money through they're going to have people starting to think about well i don't i don't have any money i don't have any protection either so that's when you, you start to wonder will people start thinking about i'm going to be i'm going to start talking or you know the fact that we don't know it yet, I suppose, if, if, if people are talking, but uh, we, we'll find out, I think, down the road if, if that's going to work, if, if the lack of cash to grease the wheel is going to be, you know, what really wrecks the Kinahan cartel in the long run. I don't forget, like, as well as Morrissey being arrested there, you had last year, you had that British national, uh, uh, James Hale Ryan, or James Ryan Hale. Uh, yes. And like, and that was a major uh, Spanish operation. Again, it was it was cocaine coming from Panama, and he was in, he was in, he's alleged to be involved in that. And then also with the cash coming through uh, from the Spanish side, I, the, I again he, he was part of the, the laundering operation. He was a pretty much a, into the bling as well. Um, he I think he was in Dubai where he was arrested, having fled Spain for fear. He felt there was there was um, people after him there, but like the fact that that network again has been broken up is another blow. To, to the Kinahan cartel. Mm-hmm. So between Morrissey and, and that operation, presumably they have more than one. You know, we, well, we know they had more than one. There was two. Uh, so I'm sure there was others, but it has to put the squeeze on them. And it certainly, you can imagine that if you're one of these kind of people that has the capability and has the sophistication and the context to carry out this kind of money laundering, the last thing you're going to do now is to want to deal with the Kinahans with, the, you know, a $5 million a uh, uh, bounty on their heads uh, with the Americans coming after them. The last thing you want is a phone call from the Kinnan saying we need your help or demanding your help or telling you what they want them to do because you're thinking, ah, oh, shit, you know, there's every chance the Americans are listening in on this. And if I say, yes, I'm part of that now and I'm going to be next on that list. So it's a real, it does squeeze them. And don't they say, and I'm sure this phrase is ringing in many years today, that the most dangerous creation of any society is the man who has nothing to lose. Yeah, I always thought about that when I was playing junior rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Such wild days, eh, Eamon? That's a rock and roll life. Anyway, well, look, um, yeah, follow the money. You never know where it'll it'll bring you. But the women certainly are, are getting a little bit anxious out there as well about uh, the idea that the courts are not going to be so lenient on them in the future. And um, 
that yes, there is prison sentences certainly um, available to them as anyone else. Of course, the length, the the highest end of the scale of money laundering is 14 years. Um, and uh, I don't know, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who's got that, but no doubt that sentence is out there waiting for somebody as well. Well, they're not getting far off it. If, if, um, I suppose an indication would be if, if, if Declan Brady's getting seven years for, I, it was, I mean, between himself and his wife, it was probably about eight or 900,000. So that would give you an idea then. So Jared Mackin with his 4,700 euro, Lappy, a couple yeah. of weeks. <laughs> Don't know, but with his background, you see, you know, and now he did plead guilty and all the rest of that. But, um, you know, it's disrupted him, hasn't it? It's got him back here on extradition. He's in custody awaiting sentence. Yeah. He will have to get some sort of a sentence, presumably, and it will have completely disrupted whatever he's been at yeah. in, in Spain. And we know that he was somebody who had accepted a down payment. Uh, from Daniel Kinahan uh, for the life of Jerry the Munkhunch. So a very dangerous individual um, to anybody and to innocent people that get caught up in this kind of gun violence. So look, thank you, Eamon Dillon. It's always a pleasure, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday world responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.